having had a reading from Genesis, I'm, I'm then going to give you a verse from somewhere completely different. In Ezekiel 16, the prophet says to Jerusalem, which he equates um, with being a woman of ill repute, Everyone who quotes proverbs will quote this proverb about you. Like mother, like daughter. Now you won't actually find that proverb in the book of Proverbs, nor do you find the gender opposite. Like father, like son the one that we're probably a bit more used to using. But I imagine most of us uh, have heard such an idiom before and hold it as a truth. People tend to look like their parents. They might share the same accent my children probably won't. But as Noah first started to speak, there were one or two words that came out with a slight Scottish spar. Children will tend to, in some way, follow in their parents' footsteps. and believe similar things and act in similar ways. Our passage today is an example of that. The story of Joseph and the dreams takes us back to think of Jacob. At Bethel, Jacob had a dream. He dreamt of angels ascending and descending a staircase. And he had a theophany. He heard God promise that his children would be the inheritors of the land. Not his older brother's family. He had received the blessing. It would be his family that would be rich. The story of Jacob has a brother who hates him and wants to kill him. Jacob moves to another land where from having nothing, he becomes wealthy. And then after years of separation, the brothers are reunited and it's not with a fight, but there is peace. The dreams of Joseph show his older brothers bowing down before him. God was saying Joseph would be the man of wealth and power, not them. His brothers plan to kill him, but instead he is sold to be a slave and goes to another land. 
After many years from the depth of an Egyptian jail, Joseph becomes the second most powerful in the kingdom. Then after years of separation, peace is demonstrated between the brothers. Jacob and Joseph truly are father and son. Their lives tell a familiar story. It's not the same story, but in some way history is repeating. And there's another similarity between them. Jacob had been Rebecca's favourite. It is her who dresses the younger son in other clothes and hairy goatskin to get the blessing that he doesn't deserve and leads to the breaking apart of the family. It is Jacob who dresses his favoured son, Joseph, in a new coat, thereby giving a blessing that Joseph doesn't deserve. It is this gift of a garment that causes the serious rift with brothers. The damage is done that means they can't speak a kind word to him. It is not Joseph or the dreams that introduce relationship difficulties in the family. Those are already there. It is the father's actions that have a major spur to what happens next. Our actions have consequences. Do we show favoritism in our family to one child rather than another, or perhaps to a certain grandchild? And what about the church family? We are brothers and sisters in Christ. Do we have those that we show more love towards and others that we don't? Our Heavenly Father loves us equally. He doesn't love us more or less because of what we do. It's not based upon our giving of time or money or effort, though all those things serve his holy name. He loves those that are driving past or walking past on the street outside just as much as he loves each one of us in here. He cares for us all the same. Indeed, he sent Jesus to the world to reveal his love for all people. To allow sinners like me, like you, like the folk outside, to come to know his great love. He cares for each one. Joseph tells his stories, his dreams that he's had. He shares them with his family, and how do the family react? 
Joseph speaks of bundles of wheat sheaves that have been gathered out in the field. And his rises up and the others bow down. But we've not heard of Jacob and his sons being arable farmers. They aren't. Everything is sheep and goats. Joseph was tending the flocks with his brothers. It says of how they farmed in verse 2. Earlier, in another land, Jacob had tended flocks for his father-in-law. Later in the chapter, when they throw Joseph in a well, they had been out grazing the flock near Shechem. And when they wanted to make it look as if Joseph had been killed by a wild animal, to get blood to mark the coat they slaughter a goat. Perhaps a wild goat, but more likely one from the herd that they had with them. Everything that is said about this family farming is sheep and goats. But the dream is about wheat. Everything is livestock, but the dream is different. It's as different as the fact that the sheaves bow down, that the brothers bow down to Joseph in the dream. But this difference is lost on them. They are more concerned about their loss of status than what God was telling them. They don't think about what that wheat may mean, that sheaves of corn. The repeat of the dream, the second time it's with stars, is a marker of the future, but also of the heavens. It's God's realm that this is going to be brought through. And this time, sun and moon are interpreted by Jacob to be father and mother, and that they bow down also. But of course, Joseph's mother died in the birth of Benjamin, his younger brother. So this is more confusing. Perhaps it's a sign of just how high a star Joseph will rise to be. Not simply the head of a household, but something more. The people of the great nation of Egypt will bow down to him. The mighty power that is to their south will depend on him. One might imagine Jacob would realise this is a repeat, something that God is trying to communicate And he ponders, he wonders, he thinks about it. But he doesn't think why this message would come. He who has previously had a message from God 
does not think about this message his son has now received. Indeed, along with the pondering, he has also got a stern and he angrily rebukes the son. He rebukes the one that he favours. He rebukes him for revealing this message that came from God. But why has God had to repeat the message? And it's because it's not been listened. It's not been shared. It's not been understood that there's something more than just Joseph rising to be like the head of a family. In the Bible, there are frequent times a message is repeated. Sometimes it's a positive message. More often, it's a challenge to how we understand things to be. A vision of what God intends for the world. Jesus' ministry, with words and with his actions, is a time of constantly saying the kingdom is near or the kingdom is like this. But the story of God's people all through time is of the message being ignored, of the message being run away from, of the message being rebuked. In the books of the prophets, we uh, consistently see kings being told of the need for repentance. We hear of the need to return to God's way, but it is not heeded by the children of Israel. Eventually, they find that they are taken into exile. Just as, long before them, Israel himself and his sons had to journey into an exile. And how are the prophets treated? Are they treated well? No. Think of Elijah, who has to flee to the wilderness in fear of his life. And goes and hides himself in a cave. Is it right that we ignore what God says to us? Of course not. Is it right that we might rebuke the person who gives us the message? No. It is right that we listen, that we consider but also that we act upon what God is saying. God gives words. And scripture. And vision. So that we can be changed people. We have our dreams so that we can learn and develop new thought and move ahead. There is a danger, however, that among us, as things are shared, we might dismiss the message because it does not accord with our personal gain or glory. That's what the brothers did. They heard the message. 
they heard Joseph saying that there was going to be a change, that something different would happen, something unexpected. But they rebuke him. Because it doesn't allow for their gain and their glory. That wouldn't be the case here, would it? Because we are here to serve God. There is a danger we might dismiss the message because it comes from a younger brother or sister in Christ. They question Joseph. He was born in his father's old age. He was one of the younger members of the family. What right did he have to suggest such a dream that the others would bow before him? He's the younger one. But it says... The Lord spoke through the prophet Joel. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. There's no age or gender difference there. Pour out my spirit on all people, sons and and daughters will prophesy. Old men, young men, and by similarity, older women and younger women too. There's no discrimination there in the gift of the Spirit. We might be dismissing the vision of the future that God wants us to see Maybe because the messenger has not been among us for a long time and doesn't understand how things work here in this place. Or maybe because the messenger has been shown favour by someone else and we feel snubbed. So that's put our back up and makes us not ready to hear the message that God has in mind to be brought through that person. The story of Joseph and dreams at this point and later on when he interprets that of a pharaoh is of a man who regardless of his position as a younger brother or a prisoner in jail is given a message by God a message which has to be spoken A message which has to be revealed. An interpretation that has to take place. Something that has to be tested out and explored and seen to be true. To the brothers, the message is upsetting. It is not what they or their dad Jacob wants to hear. But that does not mean the message is wrong. It comes from God and therefore is right and is delivered at the right time 
because God chooses his timing and it is for us to accept it. It is simply there. And we must hear and respond. It is true that we need to thoughtfully discern what is right. The picture given might not be clear. Parts of the picture might be given to different people and it needs to come together to be one, to be understood. It's not necessarily one person having the dream, but the picture builds as we all share it. But we must see and hear the dream that God has in mind for this church and for the people of Linfield. We need to bow before our God, to be humbled and know that we don't always get it right. But we must not be stern with the prophet, the one who speaks of the Lord, whoever in the church that might be. For we must seek the kingdom of God. Amen.